Merlin's beard. The Jewels of the Trade podcast. Encouraging professionals with industry inspiration, gemology, and more. Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to part two of our interview with Madagascar Demantoid Garnet Miner, John Ferry of Prosperity Earth. If you missed it, be sure to check out part one to learn all about John's mining operation in Madagascar. John, welcome back to the Jewels of the Trade podcast. Thank you, Jordan. In part one of our interview with John Ferry of Prosperity Earth, we learned about the Demantoid Garnet Mine in Madagascar. Today, we'll be discussing gemological details, rarity, and things to know about Demantoid Garnet when discussing it with customers who may be interested in purchasing it. Before we get too much into the details of gemology and mineralogy and the gemstone itself, Jordan, one kind of in-your-face comment that I would like to make that hopefully excites your viewers and encourages you to listen to the full podcast is that I think from the bottom of my heart, Demantoid is the most undervalued of all colored gemstones in the world. That's a bold statement. It's very bold. I acknowledge that, but we feel like we have the goods to back it up. And really what I'm basing that off of is the beauty, eye-catching beauty of Demantoid, as well as the rarity and durability of Demantoid. And for those that know Demantoid, they'll know that it's incredibly rare, has great provenance. For those that have never worked with or never seen Demantoid, You don't need an introduction. Once you see it, the fire and the brilliance is eye-catchingly beautiful. It really, in my opinion, looks kind of like a green diamond. Would you agree? I would. I would say it looks even better than a green diamond, given that it has more fire than diamond, but that may be a little bit too bold of me. (laughs) No, no, I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree. And it's interesting. Demantoid means diamond-like, does it not? That's exactly right. It was found in the Ural Mountains in Russia around the 1850s, late 1850s, by a Germanic kind of geologist named Nordenschkohl, who was attracted by the diamond-like luster. And the Germanic word for diamond, demant, is how it uh, drew its name. And I think another similarity that should be noted is uh, diamond has what we call an adamantine luster. And if I'm not mistaken, the word for the luster that Demantoid Garnet has is sub-adamantine. So very, very close uh, classification of luster. And I don't know, is there any other gemstone that would even be considered sub-adamantine or adamantine? Possibly something like sphene. I would have to double check on that. You're absolutely right. And that really relates to the brilliance and the the glassy-like appearance where I can kind of tell you this from firsthand experience of being at the mine even prior to when the gem is faceted. When you find a demantoid and you wash it even with water and it's a loose crystal and you look at it under the hot African sun, immediately you know what adamantine luster looks like. And it's literally like green ice in your hand. There's nothing quite like it. It's an amazing experience. Something else listeners might be interested in knowing about Demantoid Garnet is that the term Demantoid, which does refer to the green androdite garnet, Demantoid is specifically green. Like Demantoid, you wouldn't call a different color of androdite garnet Demantoid. Is that correct? It's only green? That's exactly right. And that's a great point, Jordan. Demantoid, for it to be considered demantoid in the traditional sense has to have a predominant green hue. We have a color spectrum that runs from yellowish green to straight down the middle green to even bluish green, which tends to be the most rare hue. We describe our full spectrum of of color as C-tone colors, 
in as anyone knows, looking at the ocean, you know, whether it's under midday sun or in the evening as the sun setting tends to produce different, you know, plays of color. And, and that's definitely present within our uh, demantoid. I would definitely agree. And I, I personally, this is not something that listeners need to know about me, but I'm sort of biased towards the Madagascar material. Should I even say that? If you listen to part one of our podcast, you may have heard us talk about the Russian versus the Namibian versus the Madagascar material, which we'll get into a little bit more in this podcast episode. Now, the Russian material is probably more of an emerald green, would you say, and is known for having the horsetail inclusions as opposed to the Namibian material, which I've heard tends to lean a little bit more bluish, not much unlike the Madagascar material. John, tell everybody why Madagascar might be the superior demantoid garnet material. <laughs> Not might be, it is. <laughs> First, let me start by saying all demantoid is beautiful. And as another fellow miner once joked, this is the, I'm going to attribute the joke to him because I thought it was such a good one. He's the owner of the Belmont mine that mines emerald in Brazil. He made the comment that when you see a beautiful woman, you don't ask her for her passport. <laughs> She's just beautiful. <laughs> so there's a little bit of truth in that as relates to demantoid in that all demantoid's beautiful and it has that exceptional optical property of higher dispersion than diamond and dispersion to kind of demystify it translates to fire and how white light gets separated into the full color spectrum in your eye picks up the predominant green color, but it also picks up flashes of yellow, reds, oranges, blues, it's really that whole rainbow of color. But specific to your question of why not we think, but we know we have the world of demantoid beat, is that Madagascar crystals tend to be larger and generally free of inclusions. And the one other feature of Madagascan demantoid that's super important is that it's all natural, has no enhancement. So Russian material is different in that it is more saturated um, so if you are going for that look deeper green, then that that would be a, a very suitable gem for you to look at. If you're a collector of horsetail inclusions, then Russian materials fantastic because they have these needle-like rutiles that are affectionately called horsetails. Madagascar material doesn't have that. The inclusions that we do have, and we talked about this in podcast one in quite some detail. The inclusions that we have are more kind of rare earth type inclusions, bismuth and velastinite and negative crystals and things like that. But generally, our crystals are bigger and cleaner, which allows us to cut proportionate and well-cut gems that really accentuate the fire, which is a signature property of demantoid. Something else to note about demantoid garnet is it's exceptionally, exceptionally rare and John, you said the most interesting thing earlier, and I'd love for our, our listeners to hear it, about not just the rarity of demantoid garnet, but the rarity of demantoid garnet faceted over two carats in fine quality. Sure. You're, and you're absolutely right. Rarity definitely drives value. Beauty in jewelry and gemstones tends to drive demand. Rarity drives value. And what's notable about demantoid is that it's exceptionally rare, not only to find demantoid, but to find a fine quality demantoid of a larger carat size. And we've now been mining for close to five years, four years. And 
what I can tell you is that in the history of the world, in all the demantoid deposits that have ever been mined, if you aggregated all the fine quality two plus carat gemstones, they would fit into the palms of both your hands. A small, small little modest pile. Fine quality, again, is defined as exceptionally well-cut eye to loop clean crystals that really accentuate the signature property of demantoid, which is that fire and brilliance that we talked about, and then has that green, moderately saturated tone of color. But it's mind-boggling to think that, again, being a geological miracle, for students of gemology, they'll understand that demantoid is rare, but to just know how rare, fit two plus carats in the history of the world ever mind fits in the palms of both hands. And I think that as a salesperson, it's so important to know not just about the beauty characteristics of demantoid, which really I'd say you have to see in person. We can describe it all day, but until you actually go to a trade show and go see Prosperity Earth's booth and ask to see one, when you see it, it's unlike anything else. I mean, I would definitely compare it to Green Diamond or Sphine in that it's it's so fiery and so sparkly and so there's so much depth to the color. But really, truly, its beauty is unparalleled. Its rarity is exceptional. And on top of that, if you missed part one, be sure and go back and listen to part one of this podcast where we discuss the uniqueness in mining. I mean, it's mined, the the Madagascar material coming from, well, Madagascar. (laughs) It's an exceptional story of overcoming challenges and helping small communities in a third world country and really building up the lives of individuals, really building up the environment in Madagascar and creating positive impact in the world. So that's something else. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to it. It will definitely positively affect your view of Demantoid Garnet. Now, from the sales perspective, John, what is your advice? And I know we can kind of break this up into categories. What is your advice to a, a retail jewelry salesperson who's fallen in love with Demantoid Garnet? Because I think anybody who's seen it will. And they're wanting to kind of spread this joy to their customers. And they have customers who they know will just be absolutely blown away by this gemstone. What are some points they can hit on? And what is some terminology that they can use to inspire customers to really see the beauty of this stone? That's a great question, Jordan. And my first kind of general bit of advice to any salesperson or retailer or even customer for that matter is don't be turned off by the unknown as something that is rare. Uh, typically doesn't have a tremendous amount of familiarity to someone, that shouldn't be an impediment to learn more about it. And I think that's the beauty of this color gem world that we live in, and also the opportunity for retailers and designers and customers that alike that are looking for something that suits them, that speaks to them, that strikes a chord with them. So I would say that you know, one of the great things about Demantoid is that there's so many layers to it. Um, and something unique about Prosperity Earth Demantoid that you touched upon, and we went into this in great detail in episode one, is about how we actually bring that Demantoid to the market. And we're incredibly proud about the ethos. But as far as the, you know, some of the key words and key concepts with Demantoid, definitely the number one thing is fire. Fire is synonymous with dispersion. And Demantoid has the highest, with exception of Sphine, 
has the highest dispersion of any color gemstone out there, even more than diamond. And dispersion equals fire. So that's one thing. A second thing is Madagascar demantoid is all natural, has no enhancement of any kind. And increasingly, I think that's a big selling point for clients in the retail space that are looking for something unique and unusual. So that's, I would say, a second comment. And a third one would be just the color. You touched upon this earlier, that even if you don't know Demantoid or you haven't worked with it in the past, the second you see it, not only is that fire going to create this eye-catching beauty, but the color, the hue, the C-tone color, the fact that the Demantoid has a, a color shift, not color change like Alexandrite, but a color shift where the level of saturation and the predominant flashes of color, the secondary colors that you see change, whether it's natural daytime sunlight or at nighttime, if you go into a a restaurant and you're under incandescent light, the appearance of a color shift gemstone is going to look entirely different. That uniqueness is something really special that you may not be familiar with it, but it becomes a selling point. It becomes a story And that's increasingly what retailers and customers care about. I'd love to touch on the surprising durability of Demantoid Garnet as well. It's not unrealistic that a salesperson might be confronted with a customer who comes in initially wanting an emerald ring to wear every day and soon finds that emerald, due to its inclusions, is not always suitable for everyday wear. Would Demantoid Garnet be a better alternative for a customer looking for a green gemstone to wear on their hand every day? It could be. It doesn't have to be. And it really depends on the customer. And for your retailers, I think the we're look, we're not a hard sell at the end of the day. It's one of those situations where you have to understand what the customer's needs and goals are in purchasing a really special piece of jewelry. What I can tell you factually is that there's really two measures that we talk about when it comes to demantoid and suitability for everyday wear, and that's uh, hardness. And most people are familiar with the concept of hardness owed to the Mohs scale, and then also toughness and durability. And on the first count, relating to the hardness of demantoid, it's a six and a half to seven. Madagascan demantoid tends to be closer to a seven. We know that because we're a gem cutter. We're working with the material every day. And that relates to the geology and the crystallization and relative freeness of inclusions of our material to kind of put that into perspective that retailers and customers can understand a six and a half to seven on the most scale for a gemstone equates to the hardness of a steel nail. So people may not know what most scale or a seven means, but they can understand how hard a steel nail is. And those, those two measures are comparable. And then your question about toughness, garnet has cubic crystal structure doesn't have cleavage planes. We used to work with emerald. We mined emerald. Emerald has cleavage planes. Doesn't make it a bad stone. It just you know, means that when you're working with it and when you're setting it, you have to take extra special care that you're not putting prongs on those cleavage planes. Garnets don't have that problem and certainly Demantoid doesn't. So from those two measures, which are kind of factual scientific measures, we determine that it's very suitable for everyday wear. I will say that I am going to buy a Demantoid Garnet and I'm going to get it from Prosperity Earth. <laughs> I'm just saving up because I'm going to get a big expensive one. <laughs> 
We're honored and we'll send you a beautiful one. Yes, yes. <laughs> when I get mine, I'm going to wear it every single day next to the Rotolite garnet that I also wear every single day. So have you ever seen customers shopping Demandoid Garnet for an engagement ring? Have you seen any demand in the bridal sector? Not so much so, but take that with a grain of salt because we're still relatively new to the market and we have produced a few bridal rings. My wife, who is our in-house jewelry designer with 20 plus years of experience, has produced a few of those rings, which you can see examples of on our website or on our Instagram feed. The website's prosperityearth.com, the Instagram feeds prosperityearth.us. But I think to, to answer your question, irrespective of whether or not we've seen that, we do see a considerable uptick in bridal demand for color gems of all sorts. And I think that just, again, speaks to the end customer interest in buying more unique, delving into that kind of that rarity and unknown and, and buying something that it doesn't have to be a diamond. It can be something that, you know, speaks to them more and aligns maybe if it's a company that's selling them, the stone aligns more with their values. And you brought up your wife, Irina. And so I'd love to take this opportunity to shamelessly plug her store that she has and has been running for quite some time. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about her experience as a retailer selling Demantoid Garnet? Because you definitely have the wholesale experience. She would have more the retail experience. I'd love to know some of, some of the tips and tricks for speaking to a retail customer and really gaining a following for Demantoid Garnet. Sure. I would love to uh, talk about her as well. Uh, my wife, Irina, is the founder of Soho Gem, which is located in Soho, New York. They've been around since 1998. I think that might have been before Soho was cool in the in spot, which it certainly is very cool these days. Soho Gem specializes in bridal and works a lot with colored gems. And the trick of the trade is very simple. It's educate your customer. And Irina has an amazing uh, staff that is very uh, transparent and spends a huge amount of time focused on customer service and educating the client as far as what they're getting. And it's a challenge because it's always time consuming, but it's the way you stay in business in Soho for 25 years. So Irina has a great taste for looking for in the color gem world, something that's new and unusual. Uh, she was early to the game in, you know, teal colored sapphires uh, 15 years ago before it was really fashionable. So there's a huge plethora of opportunities with the color gem universe, as you know, Jordan, and Demantoid's just one of those that we feel is an exceptional opportunity because of the eye-catching beauty of the gem because of the rarity of the gem and, you know, of course, the backstory. And it helps that she's my wife and is able to uh, shamelessly plug it. <laughs> but again, the trick of the trade is just getting educated on what the product is, what are the key attributes, and seeing whether or not your customers care about that and whether or not it aligns with their values. And one last thing, just talking out loud too, is the storytelling aspect. So much in our industry these days is about storytelling. And you're doing a great job as well by bringing a lot of these stories in these products directly to your customers, retailers, designers, while they may be driving to work and creating this really great buzz and ecosystem for discussing these topics, which are always exciting. 
Thank you so much, John. I also want to kind of mention when it comes to exceptionally rare colored gemstones, jade being one of them, Demantoid Garnet, of course, being one of them, it's important to mention to retailers that there's no chain store that's going to spend a million dollars on a marketing campaign for Demantoid Garnet or for Jade. And that might sound like a disadvantage, but it's actually an advantage. And I think when speaking with your customer, mentioning that and explaining to them that it is actually, there is a significantly lower supply of Demantoid Garnet. And that's why there can't be these multi-million dollar marketing schemes manipulating people into buying something that they may or may not want. Having a customer in front of you who wants something different, who wants something that no one else has and is interested in the realities of the gemstone instead of the fantasy created by the media, that type of customer is a great candidate for a Demantoid Garnet sale. And I promise they will absolutely love it. Can we talk a little bit, John, as, as we're kind of getting towards the end of our podcast episode here about the value and kind of pricing of Demantoid Garnet and how it might compare to competitive stones that a retail customer might be looking at? Sure. That's also a great question just to give it some context as far as what we talked about earlier in the podcast, the exponential curve in terms of pricing and size, the bigger that you get, the higher the price per carat goes up. I kind of bucket Demantoid into really three general categories. Let's call it sub four millimeter gems, which tend to run about around $250 to $350 per carat wholesale. When you start approaching a carat uh, to slightly bigger than a carat, you go from, let's say, $550 a carat to as much as $1,000 a carat. And of course, once you get greater than one carat, you're talking over $1,000 a carat. I would say it's a little bit similar to sapphire pricing. It's only when you start hitting that two carat mark that pricing gets extremely expensive. And because commensurate with the rarity of the gem, there's not many of those fine quality two carat stones out there in the world. And we didn't really get a chance to discuss this in part one of our podcast, but because Prosperity Earth is a vertically integrated company that actually cuts out some of the costs for the end customer when purchasing that stone. Now, could that, John, be an explanation as to why the Madagascar Demantoid Garnet seems to be less expensive than the Russian Demantoid Garnet? That's absolutely the case. And I'm glad you brought that up. In essence, a lot of times tell our customers that we're selling at mine level prices, which is below wholesale prices. And what I mean by that is exactly as you mentioned, we're vertically integrated in the sense that we're not only mining this beautiful gemstone, we're adding value through gem cutting, and then we're wholesaling it, but we're able to sell at a much more favorable price point because we have that vertical integration along the supply chain. And I mentioned this, I think in podcast one, we're selling value and values. We're selling mine level value, something that you mentioned this earlier, that even the biggest brands in the world don't have this product. So you as an independent retailer or a designer or jeweler are able to contact us and get something that even the likes of Tiffany and Bulgari and these global brands, the Van Cleefs and the Cartiers don't even have. That creates differentiation and marketing power for you, the jeweler, the retailer, without having to spend that multi-million dollar marketing campaign budget. And of course, the values speak for themselves. We're really proud of the ethos that we bring to the table and 
how we work, how we treat people, how we reinvest in the community and create that virtuous cycle of prosperity. Demantoid Garnet is truly an enchanting stone, and I hope that retailers deeply consider the potential for selling it at their store, not just because they would be making their customers over the moon happy with such a beautiful, unparalleled product. I mean, the fire that we talked about, the dispersion, that type of sparkle and presence that you get from Demantoid Garnet is unlike any other stone. But additionally, selling Demantoid Garnet is participating in an economy that genuinely benefits people, real people, individual people, miners and cutters in Madagascar. And really, it brings true blessing to their lives individually. And when selling in a jewelry store setting, you have so many options and and so many different products that you can carry and offer. And it is worth noting that considering the source of that material should play a part, in my opinion, in whether or not you carry and really promote that stone. And Demantoid Garnet, I mean, you just, you can't go wrong, especially with this Madagascar material. There's no way that you could argue that it has a negative impact. It's definitely, definitely a positive impact. And if I could say one last thing, Jordan, not only considering the source, and you're absolutely right that that's important, but understand who are the people behind it. I think to all the great people that I'm in contact with on a day in and day out, basis that I have the pleasure to work with absolute professionals across the industry. And it's it's really inspiring to me. I want to give a quick shout out to a couple of inspirational figures as well. The late Campbell Bridges of Bridges Savorite is really a pillar of strength and legacy in the industry. And his his son, Bruce Bridges, who's a close friend of mine, has done amazing things, as well as I reference Marcelo Ribeiro, Uh, who works at the Belmont Mine, owner and worker of uh, Belmont Emeralds. These are miners that have done amazing work over decades, as well as their extended families and community. And then people like Dr. Federico Pizzotta, who's my business partner on the Demantoid Mine, Uh, great researchers like Hanko Zwan, Brendan Lars, just fantastic people and a pleasure to be associated with. And then, of course, close to home, my wife, Irina, who's a very talented designer. So It's been a pleasure being on your podcast, Jordan, and I'm sure this is just the beginning of something beautiful. It's probably not too early to start talking about that Demantoid and Jade combination. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Keep that in mind, retailers. Imagine it. Ice Jade and Demantoid Garnet. (laughs) John, thank you so much. Of course, thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I hope we can look forward to more collaborations in the future. Retailers, if you'd like to get in touch with John about uh, carrying Madagascar Demantoid Garnet in your store, you can check out the Prosperity Earth website. They're also on Instagram. And he's, I promise, very approachable, (laughs) very easy to to email or call and just reach out to and learn more. He's very forthcoming with information, as you can see. So definitely, definitely consider learning more and catch him at the next. Uh, AGTA is where you'll be exhibiting next. Is that right? That's right. We're going to be in Tucson in February of 2023, possibly Denver later this year. But you're always more than welcome to contact me by uh, email. Excellent. John, thanks again so much. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Jordan. Pleasure.